0: Happy Tuesday, you are tuned into to Perfection Unfolding with me, Kara G. Campbell, or just Kara G., uh, and this is episode three. Wow, I'm loving how all of that rhymes magically. <laughs> okay, I'm done, I promise. How are we doing? Oh my god, episode three, it's Tuesday. How are we? How are we after Thanksgiving? Are we feeling grateful? Are we feeling full? Are we feeling disgusted with how much food we ate? Gluttonous? Or just are we just feeling fat and happy? I think I'm feeling a little bit of all that um at the moment to be honest with you. I didn't eat refined sugar specifically for 3 months and Thanksgiving day, I'm lying to you. The 2 days before Thanksgiving, I was craving cookie dough. And so I went to Whole Foods not sponsored. And I bought some cookie dough and I ate like seven eighths of the package. And then I was so grossed out with myself that I threw the last two cookies away just to, you know, stick it to the man. And so then Thanksgiving day, I drive down to my family's house in East Texas. And what does my mom have? Not a single vegetable on the table. Sorry, forgive me. There's green bean casserole, which is basically just like green bean pie, you know, smothered and covered in cream of mushroom, whatever gobbly goop that is. Still delicious, but I'm not sure if that counts as a uh, as a whole food, right? Because it's covered in like fried onions and stuff. But still delicious. Such a good food. My dad made prime rib, homemade shit. That was so tender and delicious. And for those of you who know me, you know that I was vegan for five years. I'm not vegan anymore. Lots of you asked when I was vegan if I was ever going to go back and I said, I don't know, probably not. Um, But you know, I've been on a health journey and I'm, I'm always experimenting and learning new things about myself. And listen, your girl's got Russian, German, Irish blood and big meat potato guys. Big meat potato guys. Still eating my vegetables, still on that track, but protein is definitely, definitely on top of my list nowadays. Specifically, you know, high quality beef. But anyway, um, but not only that, I ate so much dessert. I, my mom had chocolate covered pretzels. There was carrot cake for my brother's birthday. I don't even like carrot cake. Okay. I don't even like cream cheese, you know, and cream cheese, ice cream cheese icing is not my thing, but that cake was schmacking. And it's at this little bakery in Lufkin, Texas. Shout out to that bakery. I don't know what it's called, but that was the best mother effing cake I've had in a long time. It was so moist. And for those of you who don't like the word moist, 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 moist. <laughs> it was delicious. I'm a happy camper. And you know what? I don't even feel guilty about any, any of the things that I ate. The only thing I'm upset about is just how shitty it the sugar made me feel. But whatever. It tasted delicious. I enjoyed my family's company. Everyone was on their best behavior. My dad included. Shout out, Bob. And, um, and it was just a good time. Uh I saw family that I don't get to see, and since I'm about to move, I'm probably not going to see them till next Thanksgiving. so it was just beautiful, and I was really grateful to be there and i'm I'm grateful that I have a body that can consume food and and even though I was constipated for like two days <laughs> uh for the last two days, I am still grateful <laughs> anyway, enough about me and my Thanksgiving um I I'm gonna start our today. I'm grateful for section. So, I kind of already got into it, but today I am grateful for, like I said, a body that functions properly. I'm grateful for family. I'm grateful for best behavior. I'm grateful for like spending holidays around children. Like my two nephews, I haven't seen them in years, like probably two or three years at this point. And they've gotten so big. And so, like, violent, right? Like little boys are just—they're terror. They're terrors. I mean, honestly, adorable terrors. Like my my nephews have dimples, and they're so cute, and like they look like the sweetest little angels. But then you go to high five them when you when you walk into the house, and they just decide to like punch you in the hand. And I just—I kind of just ate it, you know. I just kind of ate it because I'm just Auntie carrots like, oh, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine, and it really was fine. I mean, honestly, uh, I don't mind a little rough and tumble play. Um, and that's the phase that both of them are in. They are in their rough and tumble phase. But there's just something about kids running around a house like maniacs, screaming at each other and hitting each other with slinkies and playing laser tag that just, I don't know, It just warms my heart, just warms my soul. And then my niece came up for a day with my brother and, um and my sister-in-law and she got to, you know, kind of rough and tumble play with them and uh, it was just a lot of fun. They had actually never met before. So it was cool seeing my my family, my young, the young children of the family play together. And, you know, my sister's expecting. So there's just going to be lots of kids in, always from now on in my life. Um, and I've got goosebumps just thinking about being an auntie to another child, you know.
1: And on top of that, I'm grateful for my, one of my best
0: friends, like son just took his first steps. I'm just like, what the hell is happening? Like. I am getting older and I mean listen I'm still in my I'm still in my 20s bro like don't try to age me okay I am not even trying to age me but it is crazy how life is just happening and you know I've been I am moving and I'm grateful that I'm moving that's a part of my gratitude list today I'm moving to the mountains but I did have a moment when I was leaving today to drive back home to come back to to where I live in Dallas and
1: As I was leaving, and this never happens to me, I never think about, I never think about like, oh, this could be the
0: last time I say bye. I mean, I never think about that, really. I just try to live in the moment. But today I I had a moment of like, oh, I'm really not going to see you guys for like at least a year. Like, I'm not going to see my sister's child be born or even be there for the first couple months I'm not going to see my niece for a while. I'm going to like miss so many milestones in like my best friend's kids lives. And I usually try to visit my best friends, all of them at least once a year to visit their kids once or twice a year. And
1: and I just, me leaving has never been even a, a thing I thought about before ever.
0: <laughs> I like, have always just had no problem getting up and going and, Um and it's weird. Yeah. Like I feel like that's like a new a new thing that's happened for me recently. It's like the the weight of my choices are actually hitting me in real time. Where I think in the past they've hit me about six months in. (laughs) You know, like six months in I would have been like, oh my God, I'm missing all this stuff. And I'll cry to myself in my room. You know, that's that's a normal Kara
1: Kara thing to do, but yeah, I just kinda and then I was thinking about my grandma and I was like, wow, like so many things could happen in a year and, you know, then bad things could happen. And
0: and then I snapped myself out of it because I was like, no, I'm not going to sit here and start crying as I'm leaving. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> you know, we're not going to do that. And not because, not because I want to avoid those feelings, but just because they're not helpful, you know, it's not helpful to think about a future that doesn't exist. Um, and for all my all my friends out there who also have anxiety um like anxiety is just a fear of the future it's just a fear of a future that doesn't exist you know and and i have to remind myself of that of like the future is, the future is going to happen regardless you know but it's happening right now and right now i'm making choices that make sense for me and i will deal with and accept anything that comes up after this point moving forward you know i am moving it's going to be wonderful and my family is always going to be my family and they're going to be a phone call away and a video away and i'm always going to be the cool auntie who just lives in cool places <laughs> you know like just doing her own thing um so anyway that's the stuff i'm grateful for it's all very basic all very baseline um i'm grateful that i get to leave family functions and come home to my own place and be alone to write in my journal and to record my podcast and to just live my life for me by me and have the ability to visit my family and my friends whenever I want. Um, I'm also grateful for the fact that I had the money to to pay for all of the the oil change and the new brake pads and like the tire rotation that I had to get today that cost me like. An exorbitant amount of money that I'm not super pleased about, but I'm just I'm grateful that I'm able to provide that safety and that maintenance for myself. And that's that's the mindset I am choosing because it hurt. It hurt to spend that kind of money. (laughs) But one thing about me is I do not mess around with my safety. So if my car is messed up, I'm getting that whole fix. I don't care. I don't care if it's the price is the price. I am not gonna I'm not gonna to haggle. With the people at the at the car place. I don't know about cars. My life is in your hands, sir. I will pay you the money that you asked me to pay you because because I'm at your mercy. Yeah. So anyway, that was my Thanksgiving. I ate good food. I spent time with my family. I'm like the photographer. So I took pictures of our one tradition um, as a family, which is decorating the tree. And my mom was handing out all the ornaments to the little kids. And it was just super cute and fun and really fascinating and wonderful to watch the lives of the people I love most unfold in front of me. It's just an honor to witness and I, I'm i grateful for that. So I hope you take this time, you know, the next 10 seconds or so, pause this, think about what you're grateful for um, and come back. Okay, now that you're back, <laughs> um, I, to be totally transparent with you today, I'm feeling very tired and I'm feeling very like uncreative because not only did I spend the whole morning getting my car fixed, but then I drove three hours back home. But today's the only day I can record. I'm recording this a little bit early as you can imagine. Um, and so in my like in my mindset of like I don't want to do this and I have so much to do but I really just want to veg out cuz I'm tired and blah 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 instead of being a little whiny little bitch <laughs> I was like no this is important we're going to record this because you said you were going to do it right and I'm sharing this with you because this podcast is all about the journey right I'm all about it's like transparency is my number one integrity is my number one and so what I did was I I was like okay what I'm going to do is I'm going to write in my journal cuz I didn't write in it this morning uh Spoiler alert. And so I was like first step to doing this podcast today to recording today is writing in my journal because that's where all of my brain shit is going to fall out and then I can be like loose in light and ready to ready to go create, creatively. And what I ended up journaling about was just about how I ate all that sugar this weekend and how I'm tired and I just drove all day and I'm not feeling super like energized and I'm, all these things. But it was nice because I was talking with myself and I was just saying I was just validating all of the reasons why I don't want to do this today, right? And then at the end of it, I reminded myself why I do it and that the most important thing for me to do is to show up for this podcast because this is me showing up for myself, to be honest with you. To be totally to be totally selfish and narcissistic about it, like this is for me, you know? And my hope is that you get something out of it, you know? Um, so with that, I reminded myself towards the end of my journal entry, I reminded myself, like, I was like, I don't know where to start. But I was like, oh, yeah, my notes to myself, my notes to myself are where I should start. And so I went back and I read all these notes to myself. I tried to go back as far as I could. I was like, you know what, let me just do episode three. We're just going to start at the very beginning. We're going to start at the first note that I can find of when I started documenting this, you know, healing journey of mine. And as I was reading through them, I was like, oh, there's,
1: these are like the first note that I found. It was kind of juicy and I had to do with my dad. And I was like, you know what? I'm not ready to tackle that today. Cause there's just so much
0: I, I need to like there's just so much that I need to compile when I talk about my dad. So then my next my next line of line of uh of action or whatever you want to call it was I was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to my old journal entries. And my, but so the difference between my notes and my journal entries are that my journal entries I I hand wrote and they're they're much longer, and then my notes to myself were just notes to myself that I put in my phone before I started journaling. So my journal is like a little bit newer. It's it's all from last year, and so I'm calling it like my journal of truth or my journal of wisdom. And so what I did, right, <laughs> what I did right before I started recording, is I. Like, like, journal rou- roulette. Like, I flipped through my journal and I just opened up a page and I thought, okay, whatever's on this page, it's gonna give me the wisdom that I need. It's gonna, it's, I'm kind of using it as kind of like a form of divination, if you will, just a, an intuitive practice. You know how sometimes people will open up the Bible and just pick, you know, point and then they'll just read that verse and that verse speaks to exactly what they're going through. Well, because I am. Because the universe is insane and the more you play with it and the more you listen to it, the more it gives you exactly what you need. I opened up to a page. I started reading. I said, let me hit record because this is it. This is exactly what I needed to read. And to be honest with you, I only read the first three sentences. I haven't even read the rest of it. I have no idea what's going to be in here. And so we're going to go on this ride together. And I feel like that's exciting. Because I'm going to read it regardless of if it's appropriate or it, or not. And if there's any names in here, I will uh, bleep them out or do my best to edit them. Um, so here we go. And I'm just going to read it. And it's going to be an adventure that we both go on. And
1: <laughs> I'm kind of
0: terrified. But fuck it. We're doing it. <clears throat> oh, shit. This is literally from September of this year now I've, I've been going through a lot so this is probably going to have to do with some very recent things so wow okay so i always start my every journal entry off with morning pages uh 202020 20, 20, which i do a system i call 202020 20, 20, 20, which is basically 20 minutes of of sweating in the morning so it could be yoga or dancing or cardio or weightlifting 20 minutes of journaling and then ch- 20 minutes of reading and I started doing that because I actually heard Queen Herbie talk about it on her podcast, House of Herbie. She's an artist. If you don't know her, look her up. She makes really incredibly empowering like music for women or just anybody. It's of the hip hop pop variety. Um, anyway, I heard her talking about this on her podcast and how that's what she does. And I was just like, this is genius because I don't like working out for an hour in the morning, but I could do 20 minutes. And I'm like, and I want to journal every day. But I don't want to I don't know where to start, but I was like, I could do 20 minutes and then reading. I wanted to read more, but again, where do I plug it into my day? And I said, I have 20 minutes. And so that way every morning, if I don't take care of myself in any capacity throughout the rest of the day, at least I gave myself an hour of self-care and I gave myself an hour of tuning in with my body, tuning in with my, with my mind and tuning in with my, with just my education. With my education, like learning something every day, even if it's only for 20 minutes. So I start my, my journal off with morning pages at the top, 2020, 20, 20, and then I put the date. So I wrote this on September 26th, 2023. I put um, where I'm at when I'm writing. So I put at home, Dallas, at my dining table, because I want to be able to look back on these and, and know exactly where I was and kind of put myself back in that space. And then in the top left corner, I always put the time. And at this time, weirdly enough i wrote i looked at my phone and it was 333 so 333 which i believe 3 in numerology is the number of change um and this journal entry just so happened to be on day 7 of my morning pages journey which my mor- morning pages are something that i pulled from the artist way by julia cameron i think i've spoke about it before that book has changed my life i will be going into that book and how that book has changed my life in depth in another episode, but just for shiggles, just for shiggles, which if you've never heard that word before, it stands for shits and giggles. Um, I'm going to look up the meaning of 333 as like uh, in numerology or as an as an angel number. If you've never heard of an angel number, like everyone's heard of 1111, right? You always make a wish on 1111. Well, 1111 is what, you know, people, you know, in the spiritual, I guess, woo woo community call an angel number. And it's just. It's just a numerology thing, like 1111 11 has its meaning, 333 3, 3 has a meaning, 222, 2, 2, all these different things. But 333, 3, 3, the first thing that pops up, pops up when I type it into Google, it says, this angel number brings positivity, spirituality, and mental peace and abundance in life. This number is considered a sacred number among all the other numbers. People who encounter this number will flourish um, in love in their love life and relationships. So whenever you see angel number 333, which means it means you will grow in life. Now, again, you can look up, there's a hundred million different websites, but I always just read the first thing that pops up and I'm like, okay, that's what it's supposed to be. So with all that being said, here we go. <laughs> 333 and day seven. I feel you guys. Thank you for the reminder. And and into this first sentence, I'm speaking to the 333 and day number seven, which seven is my lucky number and my favorite number. And also just kind of the number of divinity and kind of it's godly. I love the way you comfort me and hold me. I feel so protected and guided at this time. Thank you for nudging me and guiding me. Uh, Thank you for nudging me and giving me the strength to continue moving toward my dream life, even at a time like this, a time that hurts. That would normally make me want to curl up and vegetate for months, feeling sorry for myself and then loathing myself for not doing what I said I would do. It's finally over. My relationship, let's just call him P.
1: My relationship with P. That doesn't sound right either. Let's just call him, I don't know. Let's just call him him. Okay.
0: (laughs) It's so hard to censor myself. (laughs) Um. Okay, back, back to where I was going. It's finally over. My relationship with him. If we're being totally honest, though, it ended that day on the balcony. It was all over in those long, still moments he spent contemplating... He spent contemplating my questions before answering with his infamous quote-unquote, no. I know that now. I can see that clearly in this moment. And
1: I'm not mad that I didn't know then. I'm proud of myself for not jumping... The gun and getting curious. I still wanted to practice. uh, Oh, Jesus. Oh, I see what I was, I see what I was saying here. I'm proud of myself for not jumping the gun and getting curious,
0: a skill I wanted to practice in relationship, even if it was painful. I'm grateful for that practice. I'm grateful for the opportunity to practice that skill. And now I'm grateful to be able to look back on that exchange and with full confidence that if that ever happens again, which please God no, lol, I'll know in that moment what to do. That the relationship is over. To know uh, to know what actions to take sooner than later. That there isn't much need there isn't much need for curiosity past that answer. I feel at peace with our decision. We both know there is no other decision to be made, and I'm so relieved it's over that we both came to clarity and don't have to kill ourselves. (sighs) Don't have to kill ourselves, uh, mulling over what what the quote-unquote right thing to do is. I'm just grateful coming out of this whole thing. Like, of course, it's not going to come with with no heartache. That would that that would be too easy. (laughs) It would mean that I wasn't really in it, but I was. I really was, and he was to the degree of his awareness. I can't believe I dyed my hair l o l it really is Libra season. <laughs> I really am in my cute little in my cute little villain era with my hair red, hot fire. I love it, I mean, and i can't I can't read my hair ready <clears throat> I love it, I mean. I mean it when I say I'm going to start pampering myself. I owe it to myself to feel good, to participate in uh, sensory pleasures, massages, pedicures, facials, etc. That's my next step in taking care of myself. Damn, this is crazy that this is like the page that I opened to. <sighs> doing all the things that is doing all the things that assist me in looking on the outside the way I feel on the inside, which also means
1: bringing in and aligning with money I attract. Money flows to me easily. I am a channel
0: for creativity. I attract abundance. I am abundant. My cup overflows with love, money, and everything else for my highest good. I love you. Um, you're going to get through this. You always do. You are powerful beyond measure. Thank you for being you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You are love. You are love. And that last you are love is in like all caps and giant letters with like three exclamation points with hearts as the little dots in the exclamation marks. (laughs) So, okay. Wow. Wow this is the message that I opened up to and I've got like goosebumps because this is just where I'm supposed to start from, I guess. So for those of you who listen to me, read that, and I know it was a little bit choppy, but that's just because, you know, like I said before, my handwriting is very interesting, especially when I'm writing super fast in a way that's kind of passionate, I guess. Uh, so I, you know, I subscribe to the idea that I have, you know, guardian angels and guides and ancestors who guide me and who look after me and support me and I guess communicate with me through my own thoughts and feelings and gut intuitions and such. And really, the only, the only, and and the kind of in my mind, they kind of exist as concepts. But I think of it; it's just the energy that i i base i think that i channel whenever i'm talking to them just an energy of it's like a prayer you know like when people pray to god they're they're praying um for help and every time i journal and i think in this journal i was just i was just giving thanks and giving gratitude to to my guides and my angels and my the spirits that lead me and the energy that that's you know nudging me in the direction of my highest good And really the only person who actually, the only one that actually has like a face to me is my grandma Juanita. I've said since I was a little girl that my grandma Juanita was, was my guardian angel and she was always looking out for me, which is really bizarre because I never met my grandma Juanita, like ever. She's my mom's mom and she died when my mom was 25 and my mom didn't even have me until she was 30. So I had, there was no reason that I would feel connected to her at all, like in any capacity. And, and yet I did. And ever since I was a little girl, I was just like, oh, grandma Juanita's my guardian angel. She's my guardian angel. And there's been a couple of times where I've had near death experiences. <laughs> I was like, she was working overtime that day. Like she was really putting in that work. Like grandma, she, grandma Juanita, she doesn't get any sleep. Like I don't let her sleep. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be pushing all of all the boundaries. Um, and she's putting in that overtime and I'm very grateful. And so What's wild is that when I, I, when I sat down to write this, you know, I felt like she was speaking to me through the, through the numbers and that was kind of what I was giving thanks to in the beginning of like, I feel you guides. Thank you for the reminder. I love the way you comfort, and comfort me and hold me. I feel so protected and guided at this time. Thank you for nudging me and guiding me toward my dream life, even at a time like this, at a time that hurts. would normally make me want to curl up and vegetate for months, feeling sorry for myself and then loathing myself for not
1: doing what I said I would do. What's crazy about this first paragraph is my awareness like of my my state. It's the self-awareness of what I'm feeling and and then I have an awareness of my awareness where I'm
0: like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, like the levels to just this paragraph in the
1: past, like she's like me, I'm saying she, she, me, I'm speaking to the way I used to be, right? The way I, the way I would have shown up in the past had
0: I been going through the same thing because in this first, first paragraph, we don't even know what I'm going through yet until we get to the next paragraph of it's finally over my
1: relationship is over and this is like a devastating event this breakup
0: the breakup that I just had with my most recent partner like devastating and what's wild for me to read and go back and witness myself like what's wild to me is I'm going through this incredibly hurtful experience and I'm still holding space for the gratitude and I'm holding space and I'm, and I'm not only am I grateful that like for like the, for my guides and the people who are helping me, but I'm grateful that I'm showing up that I am even showing up for my gratitude that I can even have the awareness of the gratitude and the hurt at the same time that I can hold space for two things at once and to and to be the observer of my experience, and the observer of my thoughts, and to be mindful of my conscious experience, which is wild. I mean, for anybody who's gone, who has gone on any kind of healing journey, or even in even gone to therapy, one of the most helpful tools is the exercise of observing your thoughts. Like that's why people meditate. Meditation is just giving you a chance to become the observer of your experience, the observer of your thoughts, which is where the whole argument of the id, um, the ego, and I don't even know what the three, those three th- things are called. I, I remember learning this in psychology in high school, but let's see, id, ego, and the super ego. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so in in psychoanalytic theory, the id, ego, and superego are three distinct interacting agents in the uh, psychic apparatus uh, defined in Sigmund Freud's structural model of the psyche. Yeah, so it's just kind of like, it's this practice of you, of your super conscious or whatever, just observing your ego and your your human egoic mind. Right, Because it's like the moment you realize that, you're, that your thoughts aren't you, it, it fucking rocks your world, bro.
1: <laughs> it rocks your
0: world. Like, so, okay. So just to give you some background. So I just looked up a, a graphic. The id, the ego, the superego. Um, this is Sigmund Freud. Definition. Sigmund Freud's structural model of the psyche uh, posits three interacting systems. The id, the ego, and the superego. The dynamic interplay and conflicts among these entities shape an individual's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Balance is required among the components for optimal functioning. And so, and this is just one, this is just like the science psych- psychology way to look at what I'm speaking to. I mean, I I personally, I subscribe to this, but I also subscribe to just like, I'm more of like a, I like to be grounded in both like the science and in the spiritual And so, um, I just think that my, my, me being like the observer of my thoughts is just a kind of part of the, the collective consciousness. And I'm kind of just like a fractal of, of that. And, um, but my, my thoughts, it's like, it's like my thoughts of my thoughts of my thoughts. Like it just goes, like it's an infinite loop. And like, how can you really explain that? I mean, this is, this, this Freud is just kind of scratching the surface on, on that whole thing. But anyway, so the id um contains innate biological instincts and desires. So I guess that would be um like your your primal instincts, right? The superego internalizes societal rules and morals and the ego meditates meditates between the demands of the id and the superego and reality. So even in this I think the the ego is something that's a little bit different than the ego that I, what I'm speaking to because for me when I'm saying ego, it's kind of, it's kind of all three of these things, the id, ego, and super ego. It's just kind of like your human, for me, like the humanness that we experience, like your personality and your instincts and your val- values and your, just your human experience. Whereas I think me, me who i actually am who's observing those those thoughts and feelings that's kind of my soul right that's my that's my
1: spiritual energetic brain sauce juice that is just observing my life
0: and observing my thoughts and observing kara from this weird higher Possibly even like God kind of state, like higher self state. Um, and if that just sounds like a bunch of word soup to you, I am so sorry. <laughs> but anyway, so I basically, this is just kind of what I'm, what I'm getting into today is this journal entry. And this is kind of what I'm just, my mind is just being blown of how, how tapped into like my core I am in this very beginning
1: paragraph and then I go into this breakup like and then but then I have all of this
0: peace and I have all this peace about the breakup because I'm gonna go I'm gonna go and read it again like it was all over in those long still moments he spent contemplating my questions before answering with his infamous quote-unquote no and I know that now now this is speaking to this is speaking to the time when I knew that my relationship was over. Okay. And I only had clarity about what happened basically when I wrote this journal entry which was about 2 months after this infamous moment happened and what this infamous moment was was basically I asked if my partner saw me as their wife <laughs> and I actually no. my first question was and I asked this question so casually okay mind you up to this point like my relationship with my partner was in my mind like uh, perfect and awesome I mean the only the only thing I had that I was concerned about the only thing that I was concerned about was just the fact that and looking back, it sounds bad. I and mean, so now I know I now I know that moving forward, but they just didn't ask as many questions as me. Like they, they weren't as curious about what my future looks like for me, or as curious about what I wanted my future to be like, or what and notice how I was talking about the future before and how in my my gratitude section, how I try not to think about the future because thinking about a future that doesn't exist isn't helpful. But also, that's just that's for me and me alone. Like I don't have to think about the future that that bad that much because it's my future. I I can do whatever I want in the present, right? But when you add a partner into the mix, it's like yes, I want to go with the flow and I want to see where what happens. But at the same time, once you start taking somebody else's life into consideration, you have to make sure that your life, you want your lives to align, you know, and that your lives do align, so that if you continue dating, you can know where you want, where you're going and that, you know, that you're both going in the direction that you both want to be going in. Right. Cause my biggest thing in relationship, especially romantic is I'm like the moment that you feel obligated
1: to be here. I don't want you anymore. I want to live in choice wholeheartedly always And I want my
0: partner to do the same thing with me. I want them, I want to be in a hell yes, a fuck yes, if you will. I don't want to be an obligation. I don't want someone to stick around because they feel like they need to or that, or that they have to, or that, well, we've spent so much time together. I've already invested this much. Like I don't subscribe to any of that at all, ever. I don't care if we've been together for 10 years. If you're not feeling it anymore, if, you, if you're only in it because you've put in so much time and even if we have kids, even if we're married, no, divorce me immediately. I mean, I would hope that you'd like to have a conversation and like maybe get some therapy before that's the choice. And, and honestly, my hope would, that would be that, you know, so they, they have a conversation with me before they come to that conclusion just by themselves because that's hurtful. But, but I want I want a relationship that is just all choice you are choosing to show up every day because you want to. You are choosing to love me every day because you want to. You're choosing me because you want to. And, and you're choosing me, not just for someone to date, not just some girl, not just some woman, not just because it's convenient. No, it's a choice and it's active. There are hot people all over the world. There are wonderful, gorgeous women
1: everywhere. You know what I mean? Like that's not going away but i want to know that I, that that you're here with me because you want to be because you think i'm special
0: you know and so and so all that being said the only thing the only problem i had up at to this point was they weren't inquiring about the future very much and that made me nervous because i am a i am a question, a question master. I'm always asking questions and not just to be annoyed, but because it's because I'm curious and, and not because I'm insecure. It's just because I'm curious. Like I want to know everything about my partner because I think that they're interesting. and I think that they're cool. And I think that they're, I want to know what they think. I want to know what they feel. I want to be inside of their brain because that's just how I am. That's just how I operate. If I, if you're a person in my life, Well, specifically romantic. I mean, obviously, like we're spending a lot of time together. If I'm interested in you and I don't know you yet, like I want to get to know you. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to know why you are the way you are. I want to know what your parents are like. I want to know what your siblings are like. I want to know what the dynamics were like in your household. I want to know, like, how you overcame them. I want to know what you were like in your past relationships. I want to know what makes me different and special. And I want to know what makes you different and special. And I want to know if you've been through some shit and you came out of the other side. I want to know how you did it. And I want to know what changed. I want to know why, <laughs> you know? And it's not just because I'm I'm like some weird pest of a person. Like I do the same thing with myself. I treat myself with the same inquiring mind, you know? Why am I the way that I am? Why is my mom the way she is? Why is my dad the way he is? Why is my brother the way he is? Why is my sister the way he is? I just, I
1: am so curious. and And I think it all comes down to to the fact that like, I don't like to put band-aids on things, right? Because it goes back to what are my two most important things in my life? My relationships
0: and my health. And I'm not trying to put band-aids on my health or my relationships. I want to I wanna heal them at the core. I want to know them at the core so that I know what I'm dealing with and I know how to move forward. And I want the same thing with my partner. And, you know, at first it was like, yeah, we're getting to know each other. And My, you know, my questions were kind of like they were appreciated and they were answered. And he never didn't answer my questions. But it was just like, they, I wasn't being asked these questions in return. And at first I just thought like, oh, like this is a skill I bring to the
1: table. Like it's, I don't need him to have this skill. But then it's like, but then it does get to a point where, like, we
0: are moving in a direction and, like, our relationship is really good. And I've never been in a relationship like this before, so I don't really know how it works. Or, and I was perfectly fine with the pace we were going, but, you know, I did find myself thinking about the future, you know, as a lot of women do. And I did find myself thinking about, like, yeah, he would – I'm like, if my life is exactly the same as it is right now in 10 years,
1: I would be happy if if we, we changed nothing about what about how we related and what we were doing, if we were
0: like this for ten years, like I would be happy, and I'm not saying that I don't mean like we're not gonna still try to achieve our career goals or whatever like but I mean like if we didn't have any kids and we weren't married and we were still dating and our life was the way that it is, like I would be happy and but if we did if we did get married and we did have kids, like I would be happy, and it's because. We, we align with our values and I like the way that we fight because we, we didn't really fight. We communicated effectively and he held space for me and he was patient and kind and listened when I had a problem and I did the same for him. And I'm like, we have a foundation of friendship and that's all I give a fuck about. Like, You respect me and you care about me. And with, with that respect and care that I, I also reciprocate, we can do anything. This that's like the hardest part for people to find and for people to, to, to come across is mutual respect, love and companionship. And we have that and not, and I'm not saying that that's all we have, but I'm saying like, that's the foundation. That was the foundation. And, and it didn't matter what other things popped up because all that stuff was like, was like child's play, at least in my mind, because I see things as such a big picture I see things from such an umbrella perspective at this point in my life. Like I used to get really caught up in the nitty gritty details. Like I used to get really caught up in like, oh my God, like I don't like the shoes that they're wearing. Not to my partner, but just, in, you know, to men in the past, I'm just like, or like I didn't like the way that they spoke to me in this way. Like I, they didn't like their answer to this question. Like I didn't have a whole lot of room for contrast, you know, a couple, even just a couple years ago, even even a year ago, I didn't have a lot of room for contrast. Like I wanted them to, I wanted people that I was dating to agree with me in my political views and my religious views. And I wanted them to, you know, maybe even be vegan and have the same, the same mindset of like food and, and, and health. And, and what I realized with this partner, like it kind of, he kind of helped me heal a heal a piece of myself, I heal that, that, that um the piece of me that didn't have, that could not hold space for contrast. Because I thought contrast meant confrontation, and I thought contrast meant judgment, and I thought that if I could just make sure that this person was exactly like me, I wouldn't have to ever worry about feeling uncomfortable or or misunderstood or invalidated right and What's wild is that like he could not have he could not have been more different from me <laughs>
1: in like a lot of those ways, but at the end of the day like he held space for me, and he was patient. He was kind,
0: and I could, and because of that, I could hold space for his contrast. And not not only that, but because we aligned in our values and what we cared about, with our health and and the lifestyle we wanted to live, and like the way we like to vacation, and like we value integrity and trust, and like all these, we, we we aligned on on the values level. I could hold space for the contrast, and I could not only the hold space, but I could appreciate the contrast and welcome it into my life with open arms. And with an open mind and with an open heart, and to embrace and embrace that contrast and love it actually, like if that contrast wasn't there, like we probably wouldn't be so as close or as compatible or as attracted to one another, you know and i thought I thought that that was just the most beautiful thing, but again, this in this journal entry, I'm speaking to like this infamous like moment where I knew the relationship was over. And it was because I had asked if he thought we were going to be together in 10 years. And we were smoking and, um, you know, uh, tobacco, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, I'm not a smoker, but you know, every once in a while, uh, well, we were, we were on like the back porch and we were just hanging out. And I asked him if. If he, if he saw, if he thought that we were going to be together in 10 years. And I said it so casually, I
1: said it so casually because never in a million years did I ever think his answer would be no. Just a, just a straight, just a straight no. And it was, but
0: it was a no after about two and a half minutes of like agonizing silence. (laughs) And in this journal entry, I'm speaking to how proud I was of myself for holding space in that silence and just letting it hang. Because when I'm uncomfortable, I tend to fill the silence and I tend to, I feel insecure because as soon as there was a moment of silence, I realized, oh, like that was a risky, that was a risky question. <laughs> that was a risky question. And at the time I thought it was a risky question, but now that I can see and look back, I'm like, no. There was nothing risky about that question at all. That was a valid question. At that point, we were living together. We'd been together for, you know, a year and some change. And these are the things that you think about. You're like, oh, like our relationship is dope. We go on vacations. We enjoy each other. We laugh. We play. We're in love. You know, like I appreciate you. Like you're one of the best people in my life. Like, of course, I'm going to ask if you think that you see me as your long-term partner you know why else wouldn't we be like there's
1: nothing wrong there's no problems right but his answer was no and and it was just like it was a gut punch It, it was like I got shot in the stomach I mean it was like oh 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 the answer was no and it kind of, it just rocked my shit
0: and which led into a conversation of like, you know, if you don't see, you know, little caritas running around or little, you know, little hymns running around with me being your wife or, or, or your, the, the mother of your children, if you can't even like imagine that, or you can't even, it's not even in the realm of, of existence in your mind, then like, it's like, what, what are we doing? You know? Um, because we, we had talked about, you know, in passing those things in the past, like before, and it just, it it rocked me to my core. And so in this journal entry, I'm I'm talking, I'm speaking to like that moment where I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself for practicing that skill of, of holding the silence and standing in my power of like. No, I, I asked this question and I, and I deserve an answer or I want an answer. I desire an answer. And it's a valid question to ask. And, and to be honest, if I had never asked that question, what would have happened? Well, we're going to go five more years and then you tell me that you don't see me as your wife. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. And that's why I've never, I've never been apologetic about the questions that I ask. Um,
1: you know, there are several notes that I've written to myself um, in the past leading up to this relationship where
0: I like, you know, sent text messages to the men that I was seeing and I asked questions or I set a boundary. I was like, Hey, like we've been dating and I'm really uncomfortable and I'm, and I'm really uncomfortable not knowing where I stand with you. Like, can help me out here? You know? And it always led to them letting me know that like, no, like they didn't want to be my boyfriend. They, They didn't, they're like, this has been fun, but like, no, thank you essentially. I mean, none of them actually said that because that meant that they would have had to been direct and have the nuts to do so. But, you know, they all told me in their wimpy little sad ways. (laughs) I'm the direct one, you know, and they're the ones beating around the bush, which is men. I mean, please, like, uh, just do us all a favor and just speak with, say it with your chest. But, and that's the one, and that's one of the things that I like totally respect about my past, about my, my past partner, like my ex, my ex-boyfriend, like, thank you for saying no because you meant what you said, like, you didn't see me as your, your partner or your, your wife. And like, as heartbreaking and soul crushing as that is, like, that's, that awareness and that truth is fucking beautiful. And that's what I was also speaking to in this journal entry is just like, damn, like, this sucks. (laughs) And my heart is I've got goosebumps just now thinking about like my heart was shattered into a million pieces, but at least I knew at least now I had the whole, all the cards, you know? And after this really, and like, after this conversation and this night where we, where he had said that, and we had that, and I, that, that, that came to the forefront, we spent the next two months kind of, I spent the next two months kind of coming to grips with, with the fact that was like, is this true or is this just you just speaking out of fear Because I told him this, I was like, that was the first conversation we ever had where I could tell he was, he was speaking to me out of fear. Every other conversation we've ever had, every other time we've ever spoken about anything heavy or hard or difficult, he was speaking to me out of love. And like, and I could feel that. And that's why every time we had, every time we had a conversation about how he wasn't asking me more questions or he wasn't curious about the future, like, I can't remember what he said, but I just remember feeling like at peace. I just remember him helping me feel better about it. Right. And I couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain what it was. I'm like, I know he's not gaslighting me. and I know he's not, he's not beating around the bush. I know he's being honest, but like, I just don't, but he always made me feel better. Like whenever I'd feel like insecure about, about, Oh, like he's not thinking about me or he's not curious about me. But then, you know, I asked this question
1: and, and for good reason and the, and the answer was no. And so, And I'm like, damn, but but anyway, so we spent two
0: months after that kind of figuring out, you know, what was true and what wasn't. And the truth was, is that, you know, he just he's not ready, you know, and that's okay, because if he's not ready, I'm certainly not ready because, you know, I'm, I'm ready if we're ready, you know. And that was the that was the craziest thing to me too is the fact that like I wasn't asking if you were ready right now. You know, I was just like, "Is this where you want to go?" And the answer was still no. And that was
1: and that's okay. And and what's and the craziest thing about it is like <laughs> we didn't break up because we because we didn't love each other.
0: You know, we absolutely loved each other, and I'm, 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 we still love each other.
1: But you know, things sometimes people need time, and sometimes people need they need distance to be able to see things clearly. Right. And
0: I don't know if that was, I don't know if this is like the end of our, of our story or not, but this was the beginning of the end of our first chapter, you know, was this, this situation where, um, his answer was no. And it was really tough because it's like, damn, like I really showed up for this, you know, and I really put in the time and, and I really put in the patience and and the effort. And I, I laid out all my cards, like all of them. And I think a past version of me would have been like, fuck, like I'm never putting out all these cards ever again. And like, I felt so vulnerable and I was rejected and, and, you know, now I'm just left with heartache. So it's like, whether I do or don't, I'm still with, I'm still left with heartache. But, but what I've learned is that that's such a a lack mindset, you know, it's not my fault that somebody wasn't ready for me. You know, my only job in relationship and for myself is to show up fully. That's it. That's my job is to show up fully with honesty, in integrity
1: what I feel, think, and need. I asked him and told him what I needed over and over and over again. And up until that point, he had met me there. It was an invitation for him. Me showing up as me, as my authentic self, was an invitation for him to meet me there every time. And in the past, I didn't meet, I didn't show up in integrity and authenticity for the people that I was interested in. Instead, I people pleased them, and I, and I made myself small so that I could keep them, right?
0: Because, which is so so bizarre. Because why would I want to keep anybody who didn't even want me, right? Why would I want to keep anybody who didn't who didn't like me for me? They only liked a version the version of me that I showed them. That's bizarre. And so, at the very least, what what my ex did was that he.
1: He liked me for me. And I know that's true because I showed up as myself unabashedly in totality. And, and that's what I think. And that was in me, by me doing that and me showing
0: up and setting that example, I know for a fact it gave him the confidence to do the same and to show me who he really was and who he really is. And that's what made our relationship so beautiful. And people could see that. Like we oozed that, you know. We we
1: radiated that everywhere we went, you know. And even though all of that's true, even though even though we
0: on 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 the inside of the, the relationship and the outside of the relationship seemed like we were unshakable, unbreakable, it didn't change the fact that like there were still some shadows that needed to be addressed and that there were still some
1: fears and some insecurities and some, some doubts. Right. That needed to be addressed and looked at on both of our parts. You know, I don't have any doubts or fears or insecurities about, about my feelings or how I was showing up or, or, or like my piece. But I did have some like, I had some questions, you know, that and those were valid questions
0: and they were insecurities for a reason. They were insecurities because there were things that needed to be talked to and needed to be addressed in the relationship. And we addressed them and we talked about them. And ultimately, we came to the conclusion to break up. But I just think that going from not knowing what to talk about on this episode to opening up this journal and to
1: reading it and seeing how I held space for the, like how grounded and like grateful I was for this experience and also
0: acknowledging how much it sucked and also acknowledging that it was the right thing to do, but also acknowledging that it sucked. <laughs> and also, you know, it's just like, it just speaks to the layers of like healing that I've accomplished. And, and, and to that, all I can say, like,
1: I've only accomplished this healing by one by doing one simple thing. And that's just being radically honest with myself. That's it. That, if I can distill it down to anything, it's I have been I've been practicing being radically honest with myself first.
0: And I've done that through journaling, doing, you know, stream of consciousness journaling where I just am writing out anything that comes in my mind. Like there's an onion on my counter and my, you know, and I forgot to brush my teeth this morning and I'm having the hardest heartbreak of my life and I'm moving to California and this shit sucks. And I, you know, I mean, it doesn't suck, but like having to pack up my life and say goodbyes, like that's not
1: my favorite thing, but so like, that's, that's a way that I get really honest with myself. That's, that's step one. And then step two is, is sharing that honesty With people, in the in the in 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 a vulnerable way, like sharing.
0: Well, sharing honesty is a vulnerable act, but it's sharing that honesty even when it's uncomfortable. And part of sharing that honesty is like asking for people to meet your needs. Like if you have needs in relationship, it's sharing those needs and not keeping them to yourself, and then and allowing them to meet you there.
1: And then if they can't meet you there. accepting the truth for what it is we
0: accept the truth when people meet us meet meet our needs and meet us there they say oh because there's no there's no extra step after that it's okay we can keep doing what we're doing fantastic love that but
1: when they can't meet our needs or they don't want to we also need to accept that truth for what it is let it be true don't try to deny it or to dispel it,
0: or to overlook it, or to disassociate from it, just let it be what it is. It is the truth. Accept reality for what it is. Accept your reality for what it is,
1: and accept the reality of others for what, for what it is for them. Again, the anxiety only comes in when we don't accept, when
0: A, we, we don't accept reality for what it is, and then we're fearing a reality that hasn't even happened yet. I created so much anxiety in my body when I wouldn't bring something to the table to my partner or, or even to a friend or to my family, I would just let that anxiety build in my body. And I would just worry and worry and worry and worry and worry. When as soon as I spoke my truth every single time, and to to this day, as soon as I would practice speaking my truth and doing it in a way with, and doing it in a way where I'm loving and it's coming from a place of kindness not so much from a place of anger and resentment because i i've been doing my best not to let things build up to that
1: point i'm almost always always met with love and kindness back
0: or at least the people that i have in my life at this point meet me with love and kindness
1: and and curiosity mostly they don't really get defensive because i'm not meeting them with with that frustration i'm meeting them with
0: okay, I've thought about this. I've, I've molded over in my head. I, and, and now I want to bring it to the table with love and kindness and compassion, because that's how I'd want someone to bring something to the table for me. And not only with love and kindness and compassion, but with love, kindness, compassion, and radical honesty.
1: You can be radically
0: honest without being cruel. And I'm also a firm believer that you can be radically honest and speak it in a in a way that the person you're talking to can receive it, I think that's also a key point here is being able to practice meeting the person you're speaking to where they're at, so that they can hear what you're saying. Don't just say things all willy-nilly in a way that only you can understand, right? If you love this person and you care about their relationship, you will learn their language
1: and I'm not just talking about love languages like yeah, love languages are great it's a it's a great tool, but I'm talking about If you know that they have
0: a a soft spot or a vulnerability or an insecurity about the thing you're about to bring up, right?
1: Then then do your best to to
0: cater your message to a way that they can hear it, right? And and again, this is not like this is not coming from a a place of people pleasing, but it's like, for instance, when I was going through my my stuff with my dad, right? I had to say it in a way that he could hear it. I couldn't. I knew for a fact I wouldn't be able to get away with any sass or any kind of any kind of resentment or anger because he was not going to be receptive to that. I had to make sure I was coming from an absolute place of love and compassion and, and see things from his side of the street and put that in, my, in my, my statement or my argument, if you will. right. And the same thing goes for everybody, every person in your life. And if you love this person, that's the least you could do. Right, you don't want people to be coming at you with all this this resentment, and and also resentment only builds if you allow your truth to be suppressed longer than it needs to be. Right, if you allow that anger to build up and build up and build up, that's not your person that you're mad at's fault. That's your fault. It's your fault for not speaking your truth. You're the only person who can do that for you. People cannot read your
1: mind. And don't wait for them to ask questions. And for them to feel insecure before you before you speak your mind. Because a lot of
0: times people aren't just making the stuff up in their head, right? At least for me, I can speak to my own experience. I used to be a person with anxiety who would make stuff up. Like I would I did take things really personally and I, I would the world did revolve around me in my head for a long time. Especially when I was people pleasing. Like, oh my God, they're doing this because this and and you know they're trying to hurt me and blah blah blah. No, they're not. People are living their lives right? They're just trying to do the best they can with the tools that they have, right? So, but now I don't take things personally. So I, for me, I don't just make, I don't live an anxious life anymore. Not really. So if I ever do feel anxious, especially in relationship, especially in this last relationship towards the end where I was like, you know, like, are we, are we on the same page? Like, do you want to do this life with me? Like, because we're building a life right now, but for whatever reason, I'm feeling like you're not putting in that, you're not giving me that kind of energy right now. And so that made me feel insecure. And so then I, then I was forced to ask the questions, you know, but I asked them and I asked them with my full chest and, you know, he gave me the, the gift of answering them with his full chest. And it wasn't up to me to to decide whether that was true or not. You know, I believe people when they say things, that's another big piece of this right? It's not fair for us to fill in the blanks for others. It's not fair for you to just make up a story in your head about what someone's thinking and feeling either, right? I used to do that a lot too. I used to make up stories in my head. I used to make up stories about the men that I was dating who didn't really like me, but in my head, like, they were in love with me because they did this, 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 and this. But if I would have just asked them up front, if that were true, they would have been like, no, that was just like a coincidence. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm talking about like past situationships and and men that I've dated. A lot of times, like if I, if I was interested in somebody, I would just make, I would make them so much better in my head than they were in real life. And that was a big piece to dating my last partner. I was like, I want to make sure that your actions and your words match and that I'm not making any of this stuff up in my head. And, part, and the way that I did that, the way I combated, you know, not dating a loser who I just was making special in my head was that I let them show up for me. I let my partner show up for me. I let them lead in a lot of ways. I am an, I am an initiator. I have initiated pretty much every encounter I've had since I've been an adult, every person I've dated, every, you know, I've pretty much initiated most of it, I would say, but I let, I let my last partner show up for me, you know, I initiated, but then I let him meet me in that energy and he kept meeting me time and time and time again. And I let that build the foundation of like trust. And I let that build the foundation of, I can depend on him and I can trust that his actions and words match and he lives in integrity and, and that's the most important value of mine and, and so on and so forth. But yeah, I just, I guess this is just, this is where this, this episode went, was me talking about this
1: This breakup, but but more importantly, I think it's just speaking to, it's speaking to the ability to hold space for multiple truths and to accept reality
0: for what it is. The reality of the situation is that I was incredibly heartbroken, but I was also incredibly grateful, incredibly
1: grateful for being given the truth like what a gift. I think we take that for granted so often.
0: And not only that, I was grateful that I had the awareness of like and the ability to show up for myself even though I was in so much pain. And and the ability to show up for myself in gratitude for showing up for myself even though I was in pain. It's like this whole gratitude inception which I think goes great with last week's episode and with Thanksgiving and all this stuff. And it's it's like even though all this bad shit is happening I still know how strong I am. Like the the last the last paragraph of this journal entry um which which is basically me giving myself affirmations. It's like I am a channel for creativity. I attract abundance. I am abundant. My cup overflows with love, money and everything else for my highest good. I love you. You're going to get through this. You always do. You are powerful beyond measure. Thank you for being you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you you are love. You are love. And it's like, God damn, like how did I get so lucky? You know what I
1: mean? <laughs> to just have so much,
0: so much love amongst all the things that I should feel so much sadness for, which the sadness and the love coexist at the same time. But the, at the end of the day, like I can't help but think that all of it is a gift. It is all a gift.
1: Like, like I spoke to last week. This breakup has been the catalyst for my next phase of of my leveling up. And it's crazy because in the past I would have just gotten
0: smaller and smaller and yet because I sat in, a, in my integrity and because I spoke my truth and because I listened to my intuition and I and I let the truth be the truth. And even though that led me to a breakup which on paper sounds horrible like it actually it led me to an open it, it led me to an open window you know that door closed and the window was wide open for me to go jump out of but then I but then I catch myself in flight you know I I didn't fall I my gratitude gave me wings you know and my and the truth set me free and and what a beautiful thing to look back on and to know that I practiced and it fucking worked <laughs> like I'm gonna cry like I always say whenever I'm talking to people about, you know, a journey to like healing, it's like, it's just practice. (laughs) It's just practice. And in the words of freaking, uh, oh my God, what's the TV show with Jason Sudeikis? I can't, it's the show about the soccer coach. He just, there's there's a line in the show. I cannot remember What his name is. Oh, my God. It's going to... I got to Google this. Hang on. It's on the tip of my tongue. This is driving me nuts. I freaking love this
1: show. A show. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There he is. What is it called? What is it called? What is it called? What is it called? Oh, my God. You guys are probably screaming at me like, It's it's called this. Acting wrong. Ted Lasso, oh my God, Jesus Christ. (laughs) That was like the longest 20 seconds of my life. In the
0: words of Ted Lasso, there's like a, a phrase in the show that he goes like, we're talking about practice? We're talking about practice? And that just cracked me up because it's just like, it's so true. Like this healing journey, the things that you learn, the tools you
1: collect, the mantras that you adopt, all you can do is practice them. That's it every chance you get, all you can do is practice. There is no performance. There is no final, you know,
0: dress rehearsal performance. Like there is no audience. There is no applause. There is no reward or award. You just practice because it makes you feel better. You practice because it makes you feel more like yourself. You put in this work and you put to
1: practice. And then, and then after a while, all those practices add up to a life a beautiful life a
0: life of truth a life of integrity a life of authenticity a life of creativity right i'm only feeling creative now in per- in pursuing this podcast because i've given myself the building blocks of truth integrity authenticity cuz i you can't be creative and in your creative flow if you're not being yourself i mean that's just the fact you can be you can still do art you can still dance and sing and you know participate in in the arts and in creative acts like that but i'm talking about pure creativity not just mimicking other people not just you know learning the words and and singing a cover i'm talking about creating your own shit creating your own life creativity is everything creativity is how you wash the dishes creativity is is what you like to do on vacation. Creativity is how you speak to a stranger in a coffee shop.
1: It creativity is,
0: is building life. Like literally in your womb. That's creative. That's that's the ultimate creativity. Creativity is just it's how you swirl around in this in this life in your authenticity. It's how you choose to express it. How you choose to express your authenticity, your your your, your insides, your deepest. Thoughts and feelings, how you view the world, how you interact with the world, what you like to do, how you like to play, that's creativity. And you can't play when you're in fight or flight, right? Like you can't play if you are constantly shrinking yourself. Like when you play, you're big and you're boisterous and your energy is magnetic and, it's, and it makes ripples and waves in the freaking time-space continuum. Especially with positivity and love and joy, right? That's creativity. But yeah, you can't do that if, if you're
1: still blocked. You can't do that if, you, if you're not being honest. If you're not allowing yourself to be who you are. And you, you block yourself from being
0: who you are by lying to yourself and by lying to others. And people-pleasing is a part of that. And pe- and I keep speaking to people-pleasing because that's my experience, right? And And I think that most people who want to be good people, but they're not sure how to do that in a sustainable way, I think that they people-please to keep the peace because it's the quote-unquote easier thing to do. It's easier to go with the flow of what other people want to do because you don't have to think about it. It's easier to self-abandon and disassociate because, well, you can just float around and not be responsible for anything, right? Like, oh well, I was depressed and anxious, so like that's why I couldn't, you know show up for myself. And that's fine. Like I'm not saying that you're bad or wrong or you know broken because you're depressed and anxious. I mean, that's my whole entire life up until a couple of years, up until a couple of years ago. But I'm just saying a key to getting out of that is just by, is first by getting honest with yourself and practicing that honesty. And you don't even have to take action on it at first. You don't even have to take action. Your first step is just, is just figuring out what your truth is, right? I would say step number one is figure out what, figure out what your truth is and get to that truth by journaling, leave yourself voice notes, you know, talk out loud. Sometimes I'll set my camera up, my phone, and I'll just vent to myself and then I'll watch it back. And sometimes these videos are like 30 minutes long of me just crying, you know, after a movie. Um, Or after that breakup, I mean, I took videos of myself sobbing, just working through all the things I was thinking and feeling just so I could have some kind of clarity about what was going on inside of me. I just, you know, word vomited. And then I watched it back and I was like, oh, like this is what I was thinking. And like doing things like this, like writing in my journal, like I am so thankful that I fucking wrote this shit down, you know, like, because wow, this was day seven of writing in my journal.
1: I'm on day sixty one, and the things I'm writing about now are totally different. It's only been two months, and it's just it blows my mind, so that's step one is get honest with yourself. Just figure out what your truth is. and then step two is is practice practice living that. And that could just look like you just speaking your truth in little increments, like like you
0: deciding what your favorite color is, right? That could be one of your small truths. And then just, you know, mentioning it in conversation or not even talking about it to anybody, just going out and buying a piece of clothing that's your favorite color and just wearing it. Because now you're wearing your truth. Now Now it's physically manifested. And my God, that feels good. Or buying that piece of artwork that you're kind of embarrassed by because you're like, oh my God, like people are going to judge me because I like felt animation creatures, you know. Fucking buy it. And now you have this thing that's a physical manifestation of what you love and enjoy, right? Start off by doing stuff like that. Bring, like bringing your truth into reality, living it, right? Making small choices. Like if your truth is that you want to eat less sugar, just start eating less sugar. Right? If your truth is I want to cook a, one meal for myself a week, then cook one meal for yourself a week and hold yourself to that truth. You don't have to tell anybody. It's just for you. If your
1: truth is that you are in that you have a crush on somebody, you know? Your first step is just admitting to yourself that you have a crush. That's step 1. And then you start just you start just adding these to to your little
0: treasure chest of truths. And and, to, and that starts becoming a part of your personality and that starts, you know, exuding off your body, like in your magnetic field. And then you start attracting other people who are like, yes, that's my vibe too. And then you start building community, you know, it's like the more honest you are with yourself, the more honest other people feel like they can be with themselves and then they can be honest with you. And then all of a sudden you're just like rippling effect all, across the universe because I believe we're all connected to everything. And now we just have this wave of positivity that came from you. This wave of truth, where people feel more in their body and more like themselves, and they can be more authentic, and then they can be more creative, and then we have better art. You know. So that's step one and two. Figure out what your truth is, and and and, and be honest about it, and then start acting on that truth. And then the next step is start sharing that truth with other people, right? So you have this truth for yourself, and then the natural next step is to let it is to let it spread to your closest, you know, friends and family, right? And again, it can be small stuff or it can be big stuff. Like one of my big truths was that I didn't like the way my dad was treating me. So I told him, you know, and he didn't like it. He did not like it at all. And then, you know, his, he kept, he, he continued to keep hurting my feelings. And, then, I, and then, my, then my big truth was, I'm not speaking to you anymore. You know, and I, and I cut him off for a year. And that was my truth. And I told him. And I held myself to it because it didn't matter what he said or did. That was my truth at that moment, you know, and I needed to go off and and figure out if that was going to continue being my truth or not, but I needed the time and space to do that. Right. And I did it with love and compassion and I didn't do it with anger or resentment. I just did it because it was true. It just was true. And so, and, and maybe you can do that for yourself. Maybe, you know, there's a bound, ba- maybe your truth looks like a boundary. Maybe your truth looks like a hard conversation. Maybe your truth looks like, Maybe your truth looks like love, you know, maybe your truth looks like you have feelings for your best friend and you decide to tell them, you know, these are all very scary things. But I'm telling you, there's nothing scarier than living in a lie or living in denial or living in anxiety or living in just like something that's not you. Like, what's the point of you being here if you're not going to be yourself? You know what I mean? Like, that's what a question. What's the point of you being here if you're not going to be yourself? You are literally you are the only you. You're incredibly unique. Nobody else has your perspective, thoughts and feelings. Your your brain, your mind, your soul is as different as a snowflake, is as different as your thumbprint, right? And you owe it to yourself and to the world to show up as authentically yourself as humanly possible. Because when you show up as authentically as possible as yourself then you will eventually bring more creativity love joy and happiness into the world because you will be aligned with your
1: truth and you i'm sorry but like you have no choice but to be happy
0: and enjoy and in love when you are living and breathing everything that you are you know and so you know that's i think that's my message for the day is is um I mean, it's a lot of messages, actually. And to be honest, I just rubbed my, my face wash into my eyes. I've got some like acne stuff on my face at the moment. I think I just rubbed it in my eyes because I, I was a but I'm not crying. You're crying.
1: But I think that's my message for the day is, is, is figure out how to be honest. F- figure out how to be radically honest with yourself. How to live that honesty how to share that honesty and just continue that cycle over and over and over and over and over again. Practice it over and
0: over and over and over and over again. And I'm telling you, it'll change your life. It'll change your life for the better. And I think you'll amaze yourself with, with the kinds of relationships that you attract and the kinds of connections you do, you cultivate with yourself and others and how much more happiness, love, joy, and compassion you can bring to the table for not only
1: yourself, but for others as well. Because that's, that's a big, pe- being honest with yourself, but bro, that shit is crazy. Because you're, you're going to surprise yourself probably for the better and maybe for the worse,
0: you know, but at least you'll have all the cards to work with. Like, you owe it to yourself to give yourself all the cards. Like, lay all the cards on the table. Look at all the shit. Look at the shadow. Look at the light. Look at the stuff you like. Look at the stuff you don't like so much.
1: And then just accept it for what it is. Accept reality for what it is. Like, this is me. Okay, now what do I want to do about it? Right? Because then, when you get honest, then you can start making choices.
0: And choice, my guy, is the key to all of this. Right? It goes back to what I said about relationship. I want it to be a choice. I want it to be an active choice every single day. And that goes for me with myself and my partner and me with my partner. Right? And uh, ultimately I attracted this last partner because of all this stuff I'd been practicing. Right? Like I met him in radical honesty and he met me in radical honesty. And even though it wasn't necessarily an answer that I liked or that I wanted, I was still like, thank you. Holy shit, like what I'm doing is actually working. Like I am attracting my, my perfect energetic mate or or you know or partner because he met me exactly where I'm at. You know? And I think that our partners are our mirrors for sure. Um and I'm I'm and I'm not done talking about partners and mirrors, but I think I think today the message,
1: the overall message is accept reality for what it is. And watch how your life unfolds for the better. That's today's message. <laughs> wow. I felt like it was kind of
0: all over the place. But at the same time, it makes sense. Um, and
1: I hope you got something out of that. That's crazy. How all of that kind of... That message kind of just came out of... Nowhere. Weird. Well that brings me,
0: I think that's enough talking about that, but that brings me to the next and final segment of the show. So, okay. Wow. Dope. Accept reality for what it is. Cool. So I want to end the show with affirmations. And what's interesting about when I was preparing for the show and trying to figure out what I was going to talk about, I went and looked through my notes, right? My notes in my phone. Um, and what's funny is i actually emailed myself all of these notes so they're actually all in my email and i came across the email with the with the original like show script for the trailer and i forgot that i had actually emailed myself in response to that that trailer script after i'd written it this is in february so i wrote the i wrote the script for the trailer of this of perfection unfolding on january 31st and then on the first i emailed myself in response to the email i sent myself cuz i'm just fucking crazy bro like i talk to myself all the time this is just my this is my process maybe it works for you but i actually wrote a a journal entry to myself after i'd written that whole script and when i read it back to myself as i was preparing for the show i realized oh this whole thing is just me writing out like i'm like have all these affirmations that i wrote to myself at the end of it and I'm going to read, I'm going to read this journal entry and then the affirmations uh, to end the show on a strong note. And it'll just kind of give you an insight as to like where I was when I was creating this and also give you some affirmations that you can steal from me or just listen to them and soak them as I'm, as I'm saying them and, and, and hear them as me saying them about you. Um, And I hope that it, I hope that it makes you feel good. And I hope that um, I hope this whole episode was insightful in some way. <laughs> again we're full transparency i don't know what i'm doing i'm just kind of showing up and seeing what spills out of me and it's an experiment for me and it's experiment for you to listen and i think that's kind of cool that we're both doing it together um so anyway here's my notes myself february 1 2023 writing all this out writing this all out just now i can already feel my creative juices excited to finally be expressed it's so weird I've known it's all they've wanted me to do, but I continue to make mountains out of molehills when it comes to execution. I can't even ask why am I like this, because I already know why I do what I do. Fear of failure, fear of being uncomfortable, not wanting to do things I perceive as hard. Valuing comfortability in the short term because I can't see the long-term accomplishments ever coming to fruition. But it's funny because I might have hacked myself now that I know how good I'll feel afterwards. It may just be a short enough time to trick myself into wanting to do the work. On another note, I really don't want my ADHD to define me, or my humanness. I accept it fully and give grace when appropriate, but like I said at the end of last year, I'm ready to put in some work, to take ownership of my career and my physical body. I'm ready to build in whatever way makes the most sense right now. I want to be strong mentally, physically, and fiscally and I will be undeniable. And what's crazy is that I, literally, I literally wrote this in February and it took me until November to actually jumpstart what I was speaking to in this passage. But that just goes to show that by, I, I continue to show up for my truth and my honesty over the course of this year. And look at me now. I'm doing exactly what the hell I said I was going to do. It just took me a little longer because again, we're practicing, right? Like you never know when something's going to come and when something's going to be ready, but at this moment, when I wrote this out, I knew exactly what I wanted to do, and I kind of put this on the back burner the whole rest of the year because I was enjoying my relationship and I was enjoying going on vacation and I was enjoying being comfortable in my job and I was enjoying just kind of taking a backseat of my life when all the while, I knew that this is what I was supposed to be doing. But it wasn't until, you know, three weeks ago that I actually was like, all right, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to hold myself to it, right? And again, I give myself grace for that time period. I'm not, I'm not bashing myself, right? I totally fully accept my humanness I ex- and I accept reality for what it is, but I also know when it's time to take action. And so here we are. So then I said, and for all intents and purposes, I, I am all of those things already, all the things that I said that I wanted to be. And it's time to manifest them into the physical world. That said, I can build strong foundations. I am strong.
1: I can do hard things. I am undeniable. I am strong. I can do hard things.
0: I can build a life of my dreams. I am undeniable. I am light. I am love. I am magic. I am undeniable. I can do hard things. I am beautiful. I am an incredible writer capable of reaching millions with my words and changing the world as we know it. I am undeniable. I work hard to build the foundation of my life in all ways. I am tough. I am hard. I am soft. I am love. I am capable. I am smart. I can do hard things. I am undeniable. I love me. Thank you. I love you. (laughs) And that is the end of episode three of Perfection Unfolding with Kara G. I love you guys. Please follow the pod at Perfection Unfolding Pod on Instagram, at Perfection Unfolding with Kara G on YouTube. Like, rate, review, share, post this podcast. Please, you can follow me Kara G, at Kara G. Campbell on Instagram at Nietzsche Kara on Instagram, at Kara G Photography on Instagram. You can follow me uh, or look into my services. I'm a photographer by trade at KaraGPhotography.com or also I'm a health coach by trade at KaraGCoaching.com. And uh, if you have questions or if you if you have any any questions or statements that you want to send, send into the show, you can send anything Questions, comments, concerns to perfection unfolding pod at gmail dot com. That's perfection unfolding pod at gmail dot com. Interact with this post. Interact with the podcast. Please follow, like, share, subscribe. Boost the show if you enjoy it. If you got anything out of this, worth um. If you got anything out of this period or comma uh send some love uh tell your friends i'm gonna keep doing this whether people listen or not um that's my goal (laughs) um yeah thank you so much for listening you are so appreciated i hope you have a wonderful week know
1: that you are capable of doing whatever the fuck you want peace be with you i'll talk to you next week bye
0: (laughs)